Let us be attentive. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, for you are just in all you have done. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to Titus. Let us be attentive. Titus, my son, the saying is sure. I desire you to insist on those things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to men, but avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. As for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, knowing that such such a person is perverted and sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychios to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds, so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. All those, all who are with me, send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Peace be with you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive.
not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he who does them and teaches them shall be called all great in the kingdom of heaven. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I frequently do is go to Home Depot. And I'm sure many of you go there as well. There's always some home project or something that I have to do. One of the things that you notice when you walk in there is right away there's a big, long display of lights. There's almost any light bulb imaginable. There's round ones, there's oval ones, there's floodlights, there's little tiny lights for flashlights and other sorts of luminary devices. And then when you get to the particular type of bulb that you need, then you have to decide whether you want something that gives a more subtle, soft light, whether you want something that's daylight, and the choices are like endless. And when I was a kid, I remember going in and it was a 60-watt bulb or a 100-watt bulb, and then maybe a three-way bulb, and that was it. And now it seems like the choices of, of lights are endless. And yet, despite all these choices of lights that we have, it seems like these lights have done nothing to illumine the human race. And it seems like as we look at the world, we fall further and further and further into darkness. It, at one point, I, I thought that things couldn't get any worse. But then when I turn around and I look at the newspaper or the headlines, then some other heinous act has happened, or some other atrocity towards children has happened. And it seems like, from a spiritual, moral standpoint, we're falling further and further away from the truth, whether it be from all the Viagra ads and everything else on TV to the issues with marriage and gender and all of these things that are coming about where there doesn't seem to be any right or wrong or any truth anymore. And there's no spiritual light in the world that seems to be visible anymore. And that contrasts with today's gospel, where Christ comes out and from the beginning says to his apostles, you are the light of the world. And when he's talking to the apostles, he's talking to all of us. We are his light. It's that same light that he 
manifested at the Feast of the Transfiguration, which we will celebrate soon, where his divine light was revealed to three of his apostles. And they saw the transcendent splendor of our Lord. It's the same light that when Moses got the Ten Commandments, as we read in Exodus, and came down from the mountain, the people told him to cover his face because it was so bright. Something he was unaware of, but this light that he radiated. So how do we go out into the world? We hear at Pascha, come receive the light. The light that's never overtaken by darkness. But when we receive that light, what do we do with it? Do we take it with our candle here and it ends? We go out, we eat our lamb, and we go out back into the world and that's the end of it. Do we take it home with us and it stays burnt for a while and then dies out? Well, we have some remarkable saints that we celebrate this month. Today, St. Macrina, her mother, St. Emily. St. Macrina is the sister of St. Basil. And through St. Macrina, she's the one who got St. Basil to become St. Basil. He was very scholarly. And it was through her example that he was convinced to not pursue things of this world and knowledge of this world, but knowledge of our Lord. We have Saint Seraphim, one of the most <coughs> beloved saints of Russia, whose relics were discovered on this day. Just a few days ago, we remembered Saint Nicodemus of the Holy Mountain, who has given us so many remarkable treatises, including the book Unseen Warfare, which he edited. When we look at these people, we look at their lives, and I think the first thing that we think or we want to say is, I'm not them. I'm not a saint. I'll never be a saint. That's for them. That's for monks. But that's not who we are, and that's not what each and every one of us are called to be. We are all icons of Christ. When I sense Father George, Father Jason sense, we sense not only the icons, but the people. And the reason we sense the people is because you are living, breathing, walking icons. You're not pictures on a wall. You're in this world, and you're meant to be that way. If you read the lives of the saints, they all came into the same world. They didn't come with anything different than we have. Their family situation, their education may have been incredible. It may have been lacking. They may have come from nobility. They may have come from wealth, from poverty, across all walks of life. So what happened? Why, why, do, why does Elder Paisios become Saint Paisios? we remembered last Sunday. There's a burning desire within them to see more, to look at life, to look at the world and say, I can do better. We can do better. And we can only do that 
through God's grace. When we come to the church, this is where we acquire those virtues. But it's not something we do. It's not something that we can make happen. It's not one day I wake up and say, I'm going to become a saint. It doesn't work that way. It's by opening ourselves up, entering into these mysteries, and participating in the life of the church, becoming more knowledgeable about the church, becoming more knowledgeable about our faith and what it's founded upon, what the Holy Fathers, as we remember the Holy Fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council today, what they have taught, what they have written, what has standed firm. It's not about an a la carte religion where we pick and choose what we like, what we think society thinks it should be, or the way that it should be because it makes it feel good. That's not what our faith is based upon. That's not why these saints, many of them, gave their lives. And that's what we need to understand to begin this journey. It's not about us. It's not about our beliefs. It's about what Jesus Christ taught to his apostles and what went on from that point. And we can have discussions with people. We can talk to people. Many of them won't have ears to hear. But we still need to talk to people. And we still need to speak the truth, but in a loving fashion. And if they're not accepting, that's okay. We be humble about it, and we keep living and preaching. But when we talk to people, we can't be afraid of how they're going to take it, how angry they may get, what words they throw at us. And there's a lot of words being thrown around in the political circles. We know the truth. We need to understand the truth. We need to speak the truth. We didn't enter into this faith to be liked by the world, to be liked by people. We're in this faith because it's the truth, and we're trying to get closer to Christ by living that truth. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. How is the internal aspects of our lives ordered to be able to witness externally what this truth is? We can go through all of the motions and it can look good to everybody, but what's going on inside of us? Are there all sorts of anxieties and anger and bitterness and resentfulness inside of us that we keep inside but then when we go into the outside world, we're a different person. They have to be in harmony. And that's how you reach people. Saint Seraphim of Sarav said, the secret to the holy life is acquiring the Holy Spirit through the grace of God. And by that, you'll convert thousands of people. And that's what he did. He lived the Orthodox life. 
And when he needed to, he said something. But it's through that example that people will look at each and every one of us and say, there's something different about you. There's something different about you. Why do you handle this situation so easily? Why can you go through terminal cancer and be joyful? And through that, you open up a door to communicate to people. That's how we'll change the world. It's not through political tirades. It's not through protests. It's through living the gospel and proclaiming that gospel in our manner of living. And ultimately, when the world continues to be in turmoil, because the evil one isn't going away, when everything continues to fall apart around us, we can continue to stay on the path because we know what our goal is. We know that the kingdom of heaven awaits us if we stay on this road. And it doesn't matter how I get from here to there and how many times I fall down and have to get back up again. If, as long as I stay focused on that goal, God will give us the resources to be able to get there. Amen. Amen.